even the normal stuff where I would, you know, I could like take a nap or something like none of nothing helped. And it's because I was like actually injured and I didn't even fucking realize it. Yeah. Yeah. Like for a sure. Cracked ass tooth. Like a That's crazy. Weirdo. Man. That's so crazy. Oh, well, friends, I think it's time that we have Gearbuds Podcast. I don't know what episode number to it's, call it. I think this. it's is last it, week's. Is we it, have to skip. Are we going to skip last week's? No, I think we got to call it 172, right? Okay. I was, that I would make sure. sense. I've got, on the thing here, I've got... 172 slash 173. Yeah, I think 72. And uh, it's because your buddy Hank is a (laughs) freaking dork. My name's Henry. His name's Dave. Hello. We're going to do our show. We've got a, this is a weird one, folks. Got a do over. I'm so sorry. Hey man, don't beat yourself up. I you know I just I just turned around to double check yeah, to make sure. I actually was already watching. I'm like, yeah. okay, we're recording. The um, you know, when you were lighting me up on Monday, I felt really bad, but I was like, dude, it happens, man. Like, we've done 172 episodes mm-hmm. or 171, whatever you want to call it. Actually, there were and there was another more, one that we early on that now well, I think about it, that we might have had, and I, then we recorded a couple other ones. Anyways, I fine. think the ghost episode that we did was when we first first started, but yeah. I want to say we did like we did like an episode. And then that was like another. We're like, do you want to just record more? Like we, it was in the same day. Yeah, I think so we, we had t- content from that day. You're right. But I think we were like, you know, it, it would be like if we had a Patreon, it'd be like, oh, we'll do the Patreon. There was episode. also that one video episode that we tried where I thought we looked fat, and then was that the car one? That was the car ride. Yeah, on the way back from which we wound up just doing a, a regular audio on yeah. sort of about it anyway. Guitar show. And then we actually we did some. We've done some interviews. Uh, like at Nam and stuff yeah, that we just wound didn't. up not being able to post because they just sounded too poopsters. Yeah, that was an interesting call by them to be like, "Hey, we're going to give these these room mics," and then there's so much going. Here's on. an omnidirectional microphone in the loudest room you've ever been <laughs> in the middle of next to the DJ booth. You know, like the JBL. <sighs> well, anyways, I just want to say sorry to you and to the world because it was. I don't need to explain the whole thing, but basically, we had a little technical difficulty before the show. I fixed half of the problem thought i fixed the entire problem yeah i did not but we are we're clearly you're hearing this now so we did it right we're back and we've got a lot of good stuff to talk yeah and so here's another thing that happened folks uh i have to say uh into the microphone i yesterday i had to have dental work and Mm -hmm. my mouth is still fucked up so what we're gonna do today is have sort of like a weird, we're going to recap all the stuff that we talked about last week in slightly less detail and vigor because we're not going to be as excited about it. But it's still great it's, stuff. It's great content. Yeah. So we've got to talk about it. And uh, maybe a couple other new pieces of gear. And I think Dave's got a fresh dock for I you. I do have a fresh dock, yeah. So uh, we've got we've uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, and we're going to do it here in the Symphony of Corrections. And uh, here's your weekly reminder, reminder that cables are tone tubes. I need to no, I think about it. I had to read stuff from my phone last week. All right. Cables are tone tubes. We're back. Cables are tone tubes. And if you're a cable or tone tube user, thank you for listening to this. And we love you. Follow us on the stuff. Subscribe on the stuff. Email us at the stuff. Gearbuds podcast at gmail.com. And if you shout out, but that's not how this goes. If you reach out, we will shout out. And so this is we're going to this is the one thing fr- from last week where I'm going to actually go through everything that we talked sure. about specifically because this is bun- we've we've had a bunch of people reach out about a bunch of good stuff and I just wanted to catch up on that because we'd love to do that appreciate around here. You guys, yeah. And we really appreciate when people reach out. So here's one from our good buddy Steve the professor. Uh, he wanted to let us know that he was behind on episodes, but we were talking about uh, that goofy Bose home yes. theater setup situation and you need with to the like, weird headset deal. You have to wear a headset to right. set it up. And so what he said was, I would add that one reason the mic is likely wired is since the calibration relies on recording time slash phase shifts versus frequency coming from each of the speakers. A wireless connection might add uncertainty into the mix due to latency, parenthetically he says, which can be a junction or excuse me, a function of p- position in your room if other Bluetooth devices are nearby etc it is also much cheaper and more reliable than wireless and you're you're likely only need to do this once anyway my two cents man hope you guys are well yeah you're right steve and we were like oh duh that makes perfect sense because we talk about wireless rigs all the time because bluetooth stinks like poopoos for almost all things uh that was that um just our buddy job he just reaches out all the time he gave he gave us the uh the opportunity when dave was sad about his acoustic guitar to come over and try (laughs) a bunch of his yeah 
and uh, he's got a lot of cool stuff, especially on that whole lawsuit import yeah, vibe tip. I think he said he has a Morris, which uh, there's a bunch of stuff on there. I know more. Those are pretty like they're supposed to be like Gibson copies. Exactly. So, well, yeah, yeah I've read I know how you feel about read that. much about them. So. Uh, and, uh, and, and folks, if you are interested in the wares that our extremely handsome friend GOB sells on reverb and such, check out PTD unlimited. Great store. PTD unlimited. Go check them out. Uh, Ooh, this is a good one. Uh, I love getting messages from Matt Barber Kennedy because he's just a, just a delightful, super talented, wonderful British bloke and a friend. And so he wanted us to let us know that he thought episode 170 was a real beefer and so funny. Yeah. Uh, and he loved when Dave, <laughs> I was, I was talking about when, uh, I was talking about something with my a mandolin that I had and you said, don't take it to fretworks. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, grumpy white, like, and he's, I'm like, over it now. Just FYI. Pretty priceless. Yeah. He also, not that I need it or, or he implies that I need it. He also gave me, uh, uh, his vote of confidence and permission to sell the jazz master. Should I decide to not only own vintage guitars? Uh, because unless, and, and he's like, look, you, you, I gave you a good deal. I got a good deal. You can sell it for a lot more right now, but if you're going to sell it for what you paid me, I'll buy back. Yeah. So, and that's, which uh, is a fair, that's fair. And I, I would say the same for the P base that I sold you, you years did. ago. That's so. right. Oh, that was an even more insane deal. That, that was like, that was a buddy price. Yep. And, uh, he also just recently got a Nash, which I showed you this, this T 52 telly. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that was just beautiful. Great guitars. And, uh, Oh, that's right. He also gave you a recommendation for Dave's docs for uh, that Seal Seal Ross Haima. Which I put on my list. And uh, so thanks. Love you, Matt Barber Kennedy. And finally, have to go to the email for this one because one of our our favorite friends and listeners, Nick Stankus, reached out. And this was a specific correction or not even a correction, just a bit of information that we were seeking. And he sought for us. Yes. And shared. And it was related to that Blake Mills freaking Pino Pino Paladino show that I went to and it turns out he was also there and he also had the same question about the guitar so he says uh happy early birthday to you Dave which still is my early birthday it's still mine too folks so you know you can wish me a happy (laughs) early birthday too if you want that's fine uh he also went to the show incredible talked about Sam Gendel on sax killing it also says okay I at least waited before approaching the stage to check out the gear nice same the synth guitar was unknown to me as well as I was focused on the pedal boards more than the guitars, but after some digging, I think I found it. The black synth guitar appears to be a Casio PG380. Here's a detailed article that describes the ins and outs as well, and then he sends a link. Have a great week, fellas. Keep up the great work. Folks. It's good to know. Wowzers. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely tried to find it for a solid eight minutes on the internet. And you're a Google machine. <laughs> Thanks. You can find things and, pretty uh, quickly. He, I didn't, and he did, and I'm so thankful because now that means that you and I have already looked at some on Reverb, and they're pretty expensive. Yeah. Well, the one that had had sold was reasonable. I think it was like eight. It was something. about eight hundred bucks. But now there's one on eBay, I believe, that's still available for almost two grand. And it's in the cream color. I believe, yeah, and too, it's in like Japan, so good kinda, luck getting it shipped yeah. and all that stuff. But uh, cool guitars, maybe not. For a Casio, though, at the end, no, of the day. I'm not spending a couple grand on that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I love me an interesting synth guitar, but boy, oh boy, that was not it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but Nick, that is amazing. Yeah, so thankful. How did Any, you find if, this information? If you folks out there, and, and also I want to say, everybody, a lot of people reached out both uh, to Sling Tomatoes, which I deserve, and also just to make me feel nice about the fact that I fucked up last week. Uh, thank you to, to all y'all too, because that, that felt good. I, I just want to say. Um, and then we can drop it. But I, yeah. uh, I noticed we had more uh, Facebook activity uh, than we ever get when we re- actually release episodes. And it was because it was me doing a stupid selfie. Maybe it was your selfie face. algorithm, yeah. something. But yeah. Um, yeah, blown up on Facebook for the first time in years. Thanks to everyone who gave us the sad emoji. I know, exactly. <laughs> Uh, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, I've been selling a bunch of stuff, thankfully. If But there's still more stuff on Reverb. So if you want to go check out the old Gearbuds podcast uh, Reverb page, you know, wouldn't mind. Uh, also mentioned that uh, when I, I sold that bass driver, which was an episode image like a couple of weeks yeah, ago already. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm i happy about it. We, you and I both got to try it out. I had yeah. been gassing over it for a long time. I'd always wanted to try one. Wasn't got my, my hands thing. on it. No, it was neither or a thing, yeah. really. It, it, I th- honestly think I could be it could be used in a cool way, just like I feel about any pedal, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't something that I would ever like put on my ba- my baseboard. And that's, that's where I kind of draw the line. I saw place. something similar recently for sale called a tube driver. 
Yeah, but oh, it's the old. butler, the butler. It's uh, vintage. It's like it's got like an old plug yeah, that like goes the, into the, the wall. BK butler tube driver. That I know exactly. And what there was like it was like three or four hundred bucks. It Those get up way more expensive yeah. than that. That's not the one that's on Craigslist right now. Isn't like the most desirable yeah. one. I've had one. I've. I fucking love those pedals. I'm those curious are super to try cool. that against what I remember the uh, the bass drum. It's a different. Like. It's a different beat. It's it's like a. It sounds like a tube amp being overdriven versus that that bu- butler which, or the the bass driver. Yeah, felt even though it was a tube pedal, it did feel that kind of raspy digital. Reminded thing. me a lot of my Boss ODV3. Yeah, which you know, it's it, not your, that's not your favorite. Not pedal, my Dave. favorite, but it's. I'll keep it. Cause. One of the reasons I want to mention selling that bass driver, though, is that mm-hmm. this time, tip, most things I've been selling have been just like, I use almost always use the reverb calculator, and then it just like shows me what the cheapest rate is from all the, you know, UPS, FedEx, oh, yeah. FedEx et cetera. Uh, this, the pedal was USPS, and that makes sense. Usually like the smallest stuff, cheapest totally is usually usps but this was interesting typically i you know because i don't own a printer i go to the ups store near me and, and print a whatever my pdf is for uh, about 15 cents and then just put it on the box now if you buy a shipping label through reverb from usps you get emailed a qr code and you take that qr code with you and your package to usps your local post office and you let them scan the code, and they actually print off the shipping label for you. Awesome! Slap it on the box, boom, you're gone. You don't even have to. You don't even have to do another a good trip tip. to the UPS store. That's a really good tip. Uh, I was shocked. I think it's a great feature. Like yeah. I couldn't believe it. Um, so that's that's pretty neat. Uh, here we go. Let's go through these somewhere. We, uh, the, the, I feel like we can buzz through some of this stuff because I don't feel like getting into the full depth that we did before. Okay. Um, Gibson. Uh, remember where they were doing the lawsuity stuff? Yep. Uh, against they won Dean. against Dean. So they yeah. had originally they'd originally had it sort of upheld just generally where it was like in May it was like, yo, you've got like your patents on your shapes. That's cool. Then they went after Dean specifically to get yeah. them to stop making specific guitars. They've also now won that that case as well. Okay. Congratulations. I guess. Yeah. It's <laughs> like it, I don't know. I don't know. I love Gibson, but it's just like any and you have to defend your your copyright. Your copyright. I, I totally it. agree. Yep. It's just it makes me feel bad when it's Dean and they're like they're sort of like a, a Chicago adjacent company. I think and it could almost just be like cease and desist. Maybe we don't have to take it all the way to court. You know, I don't. Yeah, I don't think Dean would have done that probably because those they are top selling models, right? Yeah, that's the thing we didn't get to is what do you know which models they actually? Yeah, it was the uh, the ES. So any of like the uh, electric Spanish semi hollow body shapes or okay. fully hollow, the SG, the Flying V, and the Explorer. And then the word mark of Hummingbird, because I guess they had made a Dean Hummingbird mm, guitar. Okay. But uh, those were the shapes uh, that they were going after there. All right. It's tough. Yeah. Don't like it, but, you know, I get it that it's necessary. Well, it's like we talked about, too. They, they do vary in shapes and even headstock shapes and body shapes. So hopefully it's not like a painful transition for them to just kind of adjust a few things. I, I don't know much about how that works, but. Yeah. yeah hopefully it's. I hope it doesn't put them out of business. I'll say that. Oof. Uh, we've got a couple Chicago music exchange things. Uh, one, I'm just going to, they've got this thing going with the gift of music foundation. It's pretty badass. They, you can either donate instruments to this, then it supports, uh, childhood education stuff. But, um, also there's now this very, I think it was some from Zach Brown band gave a bunch of guitars and you can go and buy those. And, um, every 5k raise from those sales of those specific instruments will provide at least 25 kids with instruments while also helping fund up to 50 school, uh, school year long music classes. And also, uh, putting up to 100 students in summer programs. Awesome. So go look up the gift of music foundation, check out what they're doing with Chicago music exchange. Yeah. Love those people. Um, you know what? Actually, I'm going to scroll down because I feel like I had another bit of Chicago Music Exchange news, which I do, and that is the B- Boutique Guitar Showcase is returning, folks. Oh. And uh, that is going to be uh, September 10th, uh, which is a Saturday, from nine countries, 24 cities, and thousands and thousands of miles. The Boutique Guitar Showcase find its way back to CME. Uh, you can go there. there the curator, uh, the curator himself, will be there from uh, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. for special viewings. Um, it's like 22, I think, brands, most of whom I've never heard of before. But you'll like see pictures and be like, "Oh yeah, I've seen that crazy yeah. thing on Instagram before." Right. So it's the idea is it's a boutique builders kind of like a guitar show almost in a way. Yeah, and it's all super high end handmade right. boutique instruments. Right, right. Um, cool. And it's it's wild. I've, I've I got to see one of those things at CME and it's just 
there you know those guitars that they're all super playable but like the kind that sort of border our borderline artwork where it's like it's like yeah. a sculpture kind of thing right. you see a lot of, a lot of guitars that look that but then also you know of course you're going to see your tellies and les pauls and that kind of oh, stuff really? too oh really yeah just okay. you know takes on them cool. uh so yeah again saturday september 10th chicago music exchange there's that uh i don't want to get into this one also too deeply because it was such a bummer but fender had to lay off a bunch of people yeah yeah we kind of talked about it a little bit yeah we went in depth on that one uh it lo- they it's it looks like it's been 300 people uh the eff- effectively their entire afternoon shift i haven't seen any more information about this after that hmm. either um, because you and I had heard rumblings about the, some factory in Mexico yes. going down as well, but um, this was talking specifically about America. They were, you know, before been producing about 650 guitars a day, now down 250, so maybe like four to 450 guitars is what they're going to actually make a day. Yeah. Um, I have still haven't seen an official release or anything about it, but um, it's kind of a bummer uh, to, to learn about. Yeah, you know. it is, and you know. Um I, yeah, it sounds like they're just scaling back production overall. So, yeah. you know, maybe sales, maybe post-pandemic sales. It's got, it's got, it has to be related to that, yeah. which, you know, I, uh, that, that, that shoe is going to drop eventually. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's a lot of guitars in the market. And that means that that's going to drive prices down for to a certain segment of the market, at least. Sure. Which I don't know about you, but I feel like I've been kind of feeling that a little bit. I feel a like I've seen, on certain things, I've been seeing some prices coming I've down been a seeing- bit. I haven't been seeing stuff sell for what people think it should be worth right now. Yeah, the asking prices are maybe staying the same, but, but those things yeah. are still in the market. You know, I, you know, I, a couple things. It's weird. I, I've gotten both sides of it because I've been selling a lot lately, and some stuff it's just like instantly, oh my god, sell, send it to me immediately for full price. And then some stuff I've had sitting like a bunch of watchers, but yeah, you know, no one, no one's making offers. Maybe a couple here or there, extreme, extreme balls. But. I've seen some bigger, like percentage wise, like price drops in some of the more expensive stuff yeah. too. You know, like, uh, I've been watching a lot of amps lately cause I want to get a new amp yeah, well, you and, got um, that luster. right. So now I have to upgrade my amp situation. But the point is I'm watching a lot of stuff that, you know, I'm not going to buy a $2,000 practice amp, but the idea is some of this boutique stuff is like going from 2,500 down to like 1,500. Yeah. You know, so like pretty massive drops on some of this stuff. <laughs> I was, I follow Steve Albini on Twitter, obviously, because uh, I think he's a wonderful person. <laughs> and uh, he, so, so, who was it? AC Newman was talking about their matchless. Uh, on their yeah. on their Twitter and it like you know why does this thing keep blowing up? I keep doing this and like the the fuse whatever and it's uh and Steve Albini replies he's like he's like it keeps blowing up because a matchless is like if someone was like hey what if we took an AC thirty and then just ran it as hot as we possibly could oh. uh, until it blows up yeah and so I was laughing a little bit about That's that and then great. he like he's just like he I, for some reason Steve Albini really hates matchless <laughs> not surprising <laughs> probably had some him. experience with them, uh, so. this is cool Sweetwater has their own gear exchange now their own yeah. take on reverb oh yeah this we talked about we this did, last week too. we talked about all this stuff okay last great week, my brother it's all coming back it's to all me. coming back to you you're just so in the moment it's like it's you you can't possibly retain the information dude a lot of the times when I come to the the pod and we do our thing you know how like you remember you'd give a speech in like high school and then you sit down after their speech is over. You practiced all night for it. You sit down mm-hmm. when it's over and you don't remember like what you said up there. Oh yeah, you blacked out. A lot of the times, this is kind of how the podcast. That's works great. Me, me too. Which is nice because when I listen back to it, I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun. We talked about I'm, that. I'm really smart and funny. <laughs> Anyways, reverb, they're coming. They're after coming you, for you guys, folks. And and I, when we looked last week, I haven't remembered to look back since then. I, I have. Uh, you have. Is it still all the same B stock from uh, from Fort Wayne? Oh yeah. Well, there's B stock from Fort Wayne, but then there there's a lot more people selling. Stuff. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Already? Maybe twice as many. Oh dang! Now yeah. I gotta look. Is I there, think it's. You, I think the word's spreading. When I was seeing, I mean, initially it seemed like the deals were pretty good. The prices were were pretty reasonable yeah. when I first looked. So did we explain? Like, so this is person to person buying. But also, they have B stock stuff from from Sweetwater. Sweetwater, and I think the real kicker is that until at least October, as far as I know, when you sell something on Sweetwater Gear Exchange, you can take the money that you would have you know, normally just been cash and get that as Sweetwater credit. Yeah, and if you do, you don't get you don't pay any fees no or shipping, fees, which is bananas, kind of wild. Yeah, so if I you're mean, looking for something specifically from Sweetwater right now and you've got some stuff to sell, I would say that's the way to do it. Like, dude, imagine how cool it would be if you had that option with Reverb just because of how much Give me some Reverb bucks. Right? Reverb, dude, load up my account. They are going to have to respond with that. At least at least some kind of like bring down the percentage of what you guys would take or yeah. something like that. This know? is going to, I mean, competition is good for the market, it I is. think. It is. And I, I did notice like a lot of the stuff on the Sweetwater site, like the person to person stuff, is very reasonable. 
as far as like the prices that people are asking yeah. because they're not paying this fee. They're like, oh, I'll just sell this amp for what you know what it's worth. Not try to get a bunch of money out of it because you know you're going to have to ship it or you know you're going to have to worry about you know. Boom! Flip that into as many Strymon pedals as you can handle. <laughs> And uh, so I, I'm, dude. I, I like I it. I, 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 you know, we're we're obviously fans of reverb around here. But get, give me a little. I'm I'm fine with some competition. competition. Love yeah. it. Maybe it'll drive a little innovation. Uh, I, I don't really don't want to get deep into this one, but can we just say fuck NFTs? Yeah. Uh, Muse did an NFT album. Yeah. It's weird. Which like didn't surprise me when I heard about it. Of all the bands, that makes yeah. sense for sure. Uh, there was a bunch. Yeah, I don't want to read any of this anymore. But basically, if you want to buy a Muse NFT album, it goes on sale. I think like in a couple weeks, okay. August twenty sixth. Uh, but fucking NFTs. Uh, the Bruce Springsteen stuff. Basically, he's been charging a lot of money for his tickets. Oh yeah, that's and then right. I also blame the NFTs for that. Sure. As well, yeah, we'll blame. No, they were totally unrelated. I do want to read this quote though because it. I did. It did. It did make me chuckle. Uh, and that is his manager uh, re- replied. Basically, folks, there's price scaling going on with tickets, and uh, so like some ticket, like some places, a thousand dollar ticket uh, costs five thousand dollars, and also the average ticket price is like over two hundred bucks. It's just wild. Basic. If you're the one of the things I've read is that if you're the sort of person that uh, Bruce Springsteen was written about, you can't afford to go yes, to his shows anymore. Right. Yeah. Uh, but his manager defends him, saying we chose prices that are lower than some and on par with others. Regardless of the commentary about a modest number of tickets costing $1,000 or more, our true average ticket price has been in the mid $200 range, which still, that's very expensive. I believe that in today's environment, that is a fair price to see someone universally regarded as among the very greatest artists of his generation. All right. Fuck you and fuck NFTs. I will say this. Uh, I saw a funny thing this week. It was a clip of Kurt Cobain and it was right after in utero. So it was like probably 93 or something. And they're interviewing him and they're, they're asking, hey, do you know how much Madonna charges for ticket prices? Mm-hmm. And this is so relevant to what we were just talking about. Yeah. And he's like, no. And then they go $300. And he just makes this face like, what the fuck? <laughs> And then he's like, and then he's like, we charge like twenty five dollars, you know. And they're talking from the Ticketmaster right. or whatever. And then Chris Novoselic's sitting there, and he's like, maybe we should start charging more, see if people really want to come out and see That's us. That's right. So it's you know a demand thing, but it's also this is nothing new. You know, people have been overcharging for people have been doing this for a long time. Last thing I want to say in the symphony, which is actually tor- some sort of relatively new news, uh, I-, I don't know what's going to happen with this, but I noticed that Edwards, who um, historically has been they, they've made guitars that were basically like Gibson copies, but for the Japanese market. I don't know if this is going to be related to what we were just talking about, but I did notice that they removed every, like any instrument that looked at all like a Gibson, like a Les Paul or anything, hmm. they removed from their website. Could have something to do with it. So that would be really um, interesting for us to keep a little eye on because it could also be them just doing like an inventory refresh. But, yeah. you know, the Edwards is, and our buddy Max, uh, he's got a couple of really, really nice Edwards instruments. Mm-hmm. They're kind of known for being like, I would say maybe like in between Epiphone and Gibson in terms of like overall build quality. Mm-hmm. They're, they're great instruments for the money. And sometimes they're even, you know, maybe even better than the price would make you think. Um, but I noticed that, that they're... They pull them all, so not sure what's going to happen. Maybe that, that. Maybe that was a. Maybe they got a cease and desist. Well, preemptive hey, situation that we don't know about. Nip there. this in the bud. Gibson's going to go after anything. I don't. Know, I don't know. That just we're just, uh, just spitballing the pot a little yeah. bit right here. And with that, that brings us to the end of the symphony, which means oh, you know what? Though before we do get into, into a new Dave's doc, two things. One, uh, we talked about this last week. Be, uh, Beatles, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson's making oh, a new yeah. Beatles movie. We don't know what it is. We don't is. know what it's about. We know nothing. There's just, no teaser, no nothing. No, just that he, that him and Paul McCartney and Ringo want to make something together and they're going to awesome. do it. And then also, um, since I feel so bad that you put in the work, what was the, will you give us like like a, like a one minute rundown of the doc that you did last week um, so that uh, we can get to a fresh yeah. day's doc? Oh, so I watched the Shania Twain documentary that's on right. Netflix. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, it was okay. I honestly, it's kind of funny that we skipped that nobody heard me talk about. I know it you were, you were, that was, you were not very enthusiastic. I didn't about shit it. on it. No, I mean, no, it was, a, it was an interesting story. Um, she's a talented musician. I will say this, uh, you know, on her behalf, she writes and records and sings and performs all her own music. She can play guitar. She can sing. She can do it all. She's mm-hmm. not this like fake pop star that kind of some people maybe thought. She and was. she was sort of like pre-famous before she was famous, right? Like, didn't yeah, she, like, kind of big in Canada. She was big in then, Canada for yeah. a while. Yeah, exactly. So she came over here and, you know, she's I think she had a record that had 13 singles on it. No, 12 singles. That's right. Her and, mu- and, Mutt Lang. She and you were like, too. how many? Yeah, Mutt Lang produced it. And they're like, 
how many you know how many songs are even on the record exactly you know, is it 12 for 12 like that's that's a crazy that's stat. a wild stat so yeah she sold like three diamond records which i forgot that that was that, even a thing yeah, i don't think anybody does that anymore yeah so um and how many bap bap banana bap yeah did you get i think it? i gave it a strong like five and a half yeah. or something like that so it wasn't great it's on netflix i watched it with the wife because you know she did such a nice thing and bought me she such did such a nice thing good. actually someone was telling me that they listened to our podcast for the first time and that was the first episode oh, really? they ever listened to and like it what was, the hell's going on yeah what a i mean seriously what a special occasion was, that yeah. was so it was a, and it was a, just a weird offbeat episode because you hear like a knock at the door and, and then that. now we've got this one where i'm like half fascinated because my face hurts that's so. all right man we're, we'll get out of the rut you I know we're, we're doing good we got some stuff so uh with so, that said his name is dave he likes to watch documentaries and tell us about it on the show dave's docs guess what i watched what'd you watch uh it's not a documentary it's a film a flim a flim uh i watched the new elvis movie you did dude. did you go into a theater or did you did, I, did you find not, it other no i no you can you can rent it at home. oh you can rent it oh mm-hmm. i didn't yeah. know that or it's on uh, like youtube movies yeah. and all that has it um what is it called elvis it's just called elvis dude it was really good, man. You liked it. Okay. I did. And I'm an Elvis fan. You are. You I've like always been King. an Elvis fan. I've probably done Elvis, I think, on here before. If not, I got to go back. I can back. do the Elvis lip. Which They've I'm got doing a good. Right or is oh, it the you Billy got Idol it. Lip? Yeah, you can do it. It's the Billy Idol yeah. lip a little bit. I guess it depends um, on your attitude, right? I, I, Dude, I really enjoyed this movie. I watched it last night. Uh, and. It was fucking good. I don't want to like give too much away. Yeah, since it's a new movie, you don't have to do spoilers. But give us a little sort of rundown. Like, what's the general structure? Is does it kind of is it like a does it follow his life? Does it focus on a certain part era? So or? it really focuses on, and this gets this gets a bit annoying to me. And I don't again, I don't want to put things in people's heads who haven't seen mm-hmm. it yet. But Tom Hanks plays his manager. Ah, sure, that's right, Colonel Tom this. Parker, yeah. and he was notoriously known as like overworking Elvis always getting him to like make decisions that he didn't really want to do. Like when he wanted to tour the world, he's like, no way we're going to do a Vegas residency instead. Mm. Or we're going to tour the U S five times in a row rather than just like leave. So Elvis never toured out of the country, which I didn't know that. Wow. I he went to, he went to the army in 58 and uh-huh. he, he was there till like early. I think he went for two years, three years, something okay. like that. And he was in Berlin, but he never left the country to play music, which I thought was really interesting. Um, That's wild. The reason he went to the army, so he had he was starting to get kind of famous regionally, and he was doing like smaller like like lower state circuits and stuff like that, you know the south the southern states yeah. and that kind of thing, and he was getting like really popular and and people were like fighting against it and it had a lot to do with race because he was bringing race together in you know into it you know he had black black people who liked it and then they were like oh you you know you sound like a black guy but you're a white guy mm. and you can't do this and like uh, at the time. Um, uh, he's from Memphis. Mm-hmm. Memphis still had like racial. It was laws. It still segregated. Yeah, and it still had racial like laws against things. Like you couldn't like dance like a black, like really like legit crazy fucking things. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we have to take, you know, we we have to stop this guy because he's gonna like infringe on all these laws that we have in place. It was fucking wild. That's crazy. So he's doing, and then also he's like very, I guess for the time, very sexual on stage. Mm-hmm. You know, shaking his hips, and you know, you've seen all the clips and everything like oh, that. Yeah. That was like against the law back right. then. Right. It was indecent. Yeah. So he actually went to jail from this show. He got arrested from one of these shows where he's starting to get kind of famous. And he's basically grinding and like doing all he's this hound stuff. He's hound dogging. He's hound dogging. But they had already given him warning. They're like, dude, you can't act like no that. More, no more dogging. No, we just want you to stand up there with a tuxedo on. He's like, I'm not wearing a tuxedo. Yeah, he's so a he goes out there and he totally crushes. It's, it's an awesome scene. And then they're basically like, all right, they haul him off in a police car, plays like two songs and they haul him off. And they're like, you can either go to the military or you can go to jail for two years. You get your choice. And he's like, and then his manager's like, why don't you go to the military? We'll show everyone that you're this clean cut guy. You'll cut your hair. You'll go fight for our country and all this stuff. So that's when he goes to the military, comes back. And then he just does movies for like 10 years. Right. Yeah. The film thing happened. Or for eight years. And then he doesn't do a comeback special until the Christmas special 1968, which is all one of my all time favorite performances from Elvis. Because it's just like him in a room and he's got his band sitting around him. They're kind of in a round. So the, yeah, the crowd's all the way I can around picture him. This. He's wearing a black leather jumpsuit and he's still like handsome as hell, mm-hmm. you know? He's still got the good look. And it's his first show back. So you can tell he's kind of shaky. Like you can tell he's like, oh, I haven't played this one in a while. He's messing up some words. Dang. It's like the realest shit you've ever seen. So how was, was the, uh, how's the actor that plays all this? He was fantastic. Yeah. I really thought he was good. And I, I don't know who he is. I haven't seen him in anything. Uh, yeah, I don't else. know who that guy is. I know, I'm, he, I'm sure he's a heartthrob, you know, because well, he's he a hand, handsome fellow. Jeez. But um, he does a great job. Tom Hanks gets, I'll be honest, his accent, because he has this like accent that I can't figure mm-hmm. out. 
but he slips in and out of it like and he narrates a lot of the movie so oh. it's kind of like dude we could just cut, cut that out of the film that'd be D great. hanks a cut hanks maybe. did not crush did it. he have something to do with the making of the movie I'm not sure. Yeah, I, yeah I didn't look into it. But I will say, uh, Elvis just came out. You can still see it in theaters, and you can also rent it on um, YouTube and what about some the, of your cable uh, providers. What about the Gearsies? Lots of gear spots, buddy. Yeah. Lots of vintage gear spots. I'm I will say this. The attention to detail in the film was good, and that always impresses me. The band was the bands were playing the parts that they were supposed okay. to play. He was playing all the guitar parts that he's playing. Sing. I heard, actually, the actor, I read this before I saw it, the actor in the movie sang a lot of the early Elvis stuff. Like, he... He sang the actual parts and they used it in the film. Love that. I love so, when that happens. That's so cool to me because that's mm-hmm. a whole nother. That's the actor going into a sound studio yep. and like recording all these things and doing takes and like, you know, it's it's wild. It's a so, complete performance. It really is, man. So so shout out to that guy. I forget his name. Mm-hmm. I apologize to him. But uh, all right, ready? Gold, yeah. Gold top Gibson semi hollow with P nineties. Oh, the idea? Scotty Moore. Yeah, that's a ES two ninety five. Two ninety five. What a guitar. Wonderful instrument with the sort of like floral pickguard deal. Yep. Yeah. And I think it even had like the wraparound bridge thingy or something like that. Some uh, yeah. Oh, God. Those are such good. Those yeah, are, it was I, awesome. That might be, I believe, if I remember correctly, that might be Nathaniel Murphy, former guest and world's greatest guitarist. Uh, that might be his favorite guitar. Nice. Correctly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because so. I could see him playing the jazzies up and down that the thing. J- all the jazzies. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was that was a looker. And they showed gear a lot. It was kind of cool. He had a Martin acoustic. Young Elvis had a Martin acoustic. Okay. Um, and I think it had a plate from something on it. And I've seen this guitar like either for sale or I've seen people like try to recreate it. But it's a Martin, not a not a full size body. It's almost a smaller body, but it's the natural finish. Okay. I don't know, D eighteen maybe or something. Sure. I'm I'm really bad with Martins. But it had like a badge from like a car on it or something. Oh, I'm like not that. sure. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So I, f- I picture Elvis with like a big like double like a jumbo with like like a Gibson jumbo yes. with like a big he played double like a, a hummingbird guard a hummingbird with the single the the big bat wing almost kind of yeah. thing on it. Uh-huh. Uh, the really ornamental. I think it's a hummingbird. He played that more like in the later years okay. when he had you know a lot of success mm-hmm. and stuff. But for the early stuff, he's just jamming on this Martin. Um, definitely an upright bass, of course. Uh, mini drum kit looked like a little slinger line or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, ES125 when he goes to the uh, he starts going to get like back to his roots. He goes to Memphis to go to like Beale Street where they're you know just the old blues blues clubs sure. and all that stuff. And he's hanging out with BB King and all these people and like there's definitely some nice looking guitars there. So nice ES125. I did look it up to make sure. Did they did they do a good job of making it look like the people were actually playing the instruments? They you were. Know what I mean, oh, I think. I mean, yes, that's what I was saying before. I think they like the singing for sure. You're talking well, about. The, and the singing wasn't live. They probably recorded yeah, it in the studio. But the guitar playing, yeah, like the fingering, you're watching their fingers oh, like go up and down. I'm like, nothing oh, this takes is... me out of a movie more than when they. And can't like get you know, that right. sometimes they'll just cut away, and that's fine. But yeah. don't do like the thing. The Scott Bayo from behind. In yeah. The, uh, yes. Uh, exactly. Crossroads. Dude. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, so yeah. So they didn't. They did a really good job of that. Good. There was actually also a uh, Paisley Telly, oh, which was a hundred percent one of the newer issues. Was it a I pink or a blue? It was the blue Paisley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, no blue paisley. It was the pink paisley. The blues flower. Yeah, that's got what I was it. Of. Uh, it was a pink paisley, but it was a newer one. I could tell it wasn't as old. Oh. As like, well, it wasn't an eighties one, but it was a, you know, it was like a modern reissue. Yeah, like modern, yeah, you could just it, the pink was so bright. Uh, and then a Fender P, which I was a little disappointed because when they zoomed in on it, I could tell it was not a, uh, not even like a not, reissue. Not, not, it was just like a new. It was P-base. just like a new P bass. Yeah. I was like, oh, that sucks. But I will say, well, Dave, I mean, you can't want them all. Creative right. movie. Lots of awesome editing, I will say. Mm-hmm. Might be wanting to chief a little bit and watch because it's really does some cool editing. Oh, well, that's good to hear. They do a weird thing in it where they meld like old and new music, which Mandy wasn't a big fan of. But like, like there'll modern be a, music. Isn't yeah, it? well, there will be a scene where he's like walking down the street, and all of a sudden you hear like Nicki Minaj kind of like rapping oh. in the background. It's a little strange. That is strange. But they only did it a couple times, so it wasn't like distracting through the. Is movie. it like Knight's Tale, where, uh, or is that what that movie's called, where it's like? What's his face? Uh, Heath Ledger, and it's like a jousting movie, like, but it's with it was like like modernized POD songs and stuff. Yeah, a little bit. Know? Yeah, not, here comes the boom. I will say it didn't. It, that didn't carry out through the movie. Here comes the king. <laughs> yeah, the boom, bip up, bip boom. Um, great attention to detail, super fun. I gave it eight out of ten. Pink Cadillacs. And I think I might even go a little higher, man, to be honest, because now that I talk about it, I do yeah, that. You usually tend to, I give to it the talk half yourself point, half point I give it the higher. half point higher. I'm going to do eight and a half. And it was, uh, you know, obviously everybody knows how it ends. I, I appreciate they didn't really get into the death of Elvis. Okay. Like, you know, they get him to where he's like doing his last performance. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of just do this thing where they cut away and it's the actual footage of him doing the last performance. If you haven't watched that, 
and you want to get some fucking chills up your spine. Mm-hmm. He's all fat and sweaty and everything, but he is belting some notes, man, and he's crushing it. Dude, you know, I just I was just taught a new term. What? Screlting. Screlting. Yeah. Is that like scream belting? Exactly. How would you do that? <sighs> Why don't you give us a little? <laughs> don't you give a little try? I don't know. I'm not a screamer. <laughs> Eight out of ten pink cow. Eight out of ten pink. Go see Elvis in the theaters or at your local cable rental. Your local spot. Local your streaming service probably has it too. Yeah, there's still one open in uh, Bend, Oregon. I just watched that documentary. It's a great doc. <laughs> that was not for Dave's docs, though. No, but it was, it was, it was enjoyable. Just, it was, yeah, it was just it was a fun cute. one. It was cute. Yeah, it was heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Well, it's time to get into some future gear. What do we talk about last week? You gave us a nice update on the Luster. I'm not going to ask you to do that again. Okay. I feel like... I will say I've been playing it a lot. Yeah, I would love to hear. And I like just it. That. Like, uh, I'm you don't s- have to give us the full rundown that you did last nope. week. Just like this, give us this week's update. I'm slowly... It's... Uh, it's been a slow burn for me because I've only been able to like really play it mm-hmm. for a little bit at a time. And I feel like this weekend I, I, I actually bonded with it where I played it for like an hour or like two hours straight. Um, I'm starting to like mess with some pedals with it. Ooh. I did the thing where I'm just like laying on my couch kind of playing it with the yeah, strap on, you know, sure. so but you're just, you know, you got to try different like positions and all that. It's just like having a having a, a, a fresh relationship with a, a sexual partner. You yes. got to test some yeah maybe it's love maybe try some new positions you haven't tried new positions and i will say the big the big uh game changer for me and then this will be it was um getting a strap on there and then Mm. i've just secured the strap for now with rubber grommets with my girl's chops indeed which is holding on fine and i'm not like jumping all over my didn't you order uh some like strap locks they didn't fit oh uh so i'm gonna have to order another pair (laughs) That's a bummer. It's Why a don't bummer. you bring the guitar over? We'll try some of the ones that I have and make sure that dude. They it's so fit. funny because I went to I went to Home Depot just to get washers mm-hmm. and like they don't make the size like the thickness of the washer they don't have, Great. which is crazy because that's all I need. I have the clips mm-hmm. and I've already got the part which I'm not taking out, which is like mounted into yeah. the guitar. I don't want to like unscrew that and like have to put toothpicks in it and all mm-hmm. that crap. So I really just need like a washer and like a nut. For, for both sides That's so but annoying. i will say this i've been able to stand and play which is way more comfortable for way me, better and i'm like oh yes this feels right now so i've been playing it a lot love the les paul that makes me happy dave shout out I think to you shout out to mandy too. uh i want to ask and this is a not at all contrived transition to, to some other gear to talk about have you uh experienced any tuning issues with a les paul yet no okay no you know what's really funny I just tuned it. I I've been like leaving it out on a stand and then putting it in the and case, just observing it at yeah. night, just in case the cats want to knock Kitties. it over. But I've been leaving it out all day because it's so beautiful, and I I like haven't tuned it. That's so. And nice. then the other day, I just went to actually tune it, uh-huh. and I was like, oh, this is it's in tune. I think like the D or the G was like a little bit. Well, out. you know, friends, the G is usually the, G. the one. Yeah, that was the G. And so you and I were talking about uh, a little product that we came across called the Tune Voodoo Guitar String Guide. For fixing tuning issues, mm. and that was a uh, 3D printed oh, skull yeah. that one could affix to the headstock of their Les Paul, and uh, it's uh, so the the I would say the main complaint about the design of that guitar is that for the middle strings, the D, which are typically D and G, uh, you're getting a bit of a an extreme break angle, and not even break, break angle isn't the right word. I guess it's like a lateral angle coming from the nut to the tuner right right Outwards, so yes. rather than being a straight string pull which you typically get with like your fenders of the world where there's no angle from the nut to the tuner on a less paul you're going to get a little bit of an angle and mm-hmm. it gets extreme in the middle so you actually have to usually sort of compensate for that when you're cutting the nut and then what happens is it, it often will sort of bind the string it kind of gets stuck in the nut there and then will slip and then you get tuning issues it's the g string on a, a lost paul i mean there's memes with like the leonardo dicaprio face the whole thing like yeah, that's yeah. just like a known thing well Love it. tune voodoo comes along and they're saying hey if you take this device and you you basically replace the top screw of your truss rod cover. So if you're looking at the headstock from the front, like the the, instead of like the the two, the top of the triangle, uh, replace that and then you you feed the strings through there, it basically solves that issue. I'm tempted, Dave. It's kind of ugly. It's a skull. It's a skull. I have enough guitars where I could get away with it, but here's the deal. It reminded me that there is another product that I had already seen before and it's called the string butler 
and it's the same kind of deal. Mm. You, it's designed to go. It goes on the headstock of your guitar, and but it's not a skull, fortunately or unfortunately. Yeah. The difference is the design is a little bit different, so it's a bit more expensive. Seems like a much more, I'll say, refined professional product, but instead of going uh, at the top of the triangle of your truss rod, it actually. I think what happens is, and I don't own this, but I think the way it works is it's got these little like fork looking things and you replace the washers on your, what would be your high E and low E strings. Mm -hmm. And it sort of anchors in there. And then it has even, instead of just being, instead of just feeding two strings, I think you actually feed four strings through it and it it creates, it decreases the angle, which supposedly Hmm. should improve tuning stability. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe if I was gigging a lot Mm -hmm. to me personally, it's, it's not an issue to just check the string. Just check the string. I've never, I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've been predominantly playing Gibson guitars my whole life and yeah, the, the G string, like that's a real thing. Yeah. That said, is, is it enough of an issue for me that I would like, in my opinion, ruin the look of your headstock? (laughs) I don't think so. Yeah. There's one string Butler that I would be tempted with because they had, they sell it in, um, black, gold, chrome, and clear. What's the shape of it? It's like a circle. No, it's like that's like a whole. It's like that's like there's uh, a lot of uh, stuff happening. Yeah. Um, it seems very well machined and engineered. Mm-hmm. I'll say that I, I've never used one, but the, it's it does have. They've got some you know semi-famous like Phil X. I think is a an endorsee. Um, it yeah. I don't know. I would be tempted with the clear one. I think. Because then, like, you don't really see the yeah. full deal. Like, you can yeah. still kind of see that. It's like, there's still, like, little grommets on there that, of course, you're always going to see. But, yeah, I don't know. I just, it, it, I was just wondering if you if you noticed that at all with any any sort of tuning. But I'm glad to hear that it's, it's a rock solid. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the situation where I think every time you pick up a guitar, something might be a little out of tune. But then it stays in tune once you get it in there. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important part. That right? is. Um, and I would say... Maybe if if they made the cream colored skull one, maybe I'd just throw it on there just to like see. But for twenty five bucks, give it a is, little. Is metal bros as we are, we're not really skull dudes. I, I've got skulls tattooed I mean, I on skull me. Tattoo, I, yeah, but, I like the skulls, but, but I don't know if I like them on my guitar. Yeah, I, I think I agree. Those are twenty five bucks if you're interested. The string butler, they're between forty five and fifty five. The other thing I noticed about the string butler is that they have a bunch of different sizes and versions right so it's it's a little more tailored to your instrument in fact i would say that the one for the flying v would would have been my favorite because it just all you do is you just like it basically looks like it just replaces that whole big honking truss mm-hmm. rod cover that's normally on there and actually solves what is a real problem on that the headstock like all the strings are kind of wonky on that one now when you look at the p base that has an extra hole drilled for there was another string two, tree. There was two string sure. trees, which is more of a sustain thing, I think, than like a. Well, that's break angle. That's not. That's yeah. not like those lateral angles. I'm talking. About. That's like yeah. how that's how holding f- the string down, down so yeah, that harder. it doesn't pop out of the nut. Right. Right. And yeah, that's that's that is the problem with the fender headstock. Yeah. One would say. Yep. Uh, gotta mention this. Uh, you have a hat on right now. Yes. As do I. Yours, uh, I would say, is is cooler than mine because it is a castadosa hat and i love it dude it's it, my new favorite hat it's a fucking dope design it's a trucker hat uh, like, which i like basically i you know got into it a little bit last week but i got to hang out with our, our good friend carlos lopez former guest and former fender master builder uh, he was in town and he hit me up and we i went for a drink with him and his beautiful lovely wife stephanie uh, i took him to delilah's it was a wonderful time Great spot. uh if you have not checked out Castadosa guitars, now is the time for, for us to implore that you that you do so because they're just wonderfully crafted instruments and and it's the ground floor, folks. So like mm-hmm. if you want to be cool and hip and new, he's only officially making the baritone right now, which right. is called the Conchers. But there is now a CME video where he does a little conversation interview with our buddy Nathaniel, and there's a Tele style. Guitar I was going to say making. I saw another style, but that's that right. must be maybe a one off. That's out. a one off deal. Yeah. Uh, he also happened to share with me what the next instrument's going to be. I can't tell you what it is. I think I told you already, Dave. Sorry, rest of the world, but it's going to blow your socks off. It's pretty freaking cool. Uh, it, super unique instruments. Yes. Are they expensive? Of course they are. You're getting a handcrafted instrument. Hand, the, the the pickups are hand wowed by his wife, by the way. So it's a full family business. Castadosa is the name. It's like his all their names and his kids' names combined. It's awesome. Uh, so it's a full family business, and uh, it, it's there. I'm not just saying this because 
uh, he, he might be listening or he's our friend. He's just one of the best dudes. Like yeah. I've, I've, I felt like we got, we developed a really good connection. We've, we already had it. Like we already texted and stuff, but like just to hang out in person and have a couple cocktails and we got into some real life shit and, um, I just fan for life. Yeah. We're homies. Absolutely. Go check out Castadosa. There's also, he also did a bunch of videos. I don't think they're out yet, but with our good friend Shelby, our former guest, uh, freaking Sam, our freaking former guest. I actually know we ever, never had Alex on, but just old friends. Steven Shirk, they did it at his, at his yes. studio. It's all in the family, folks. It's very cool. Castadosa. I can't say it enough. I know it sounds like a commercial. Don't care. Love them. Love the instruments that they that they make. Can't wait for the next stuff to come Me out. Me too. Uh, you got a new pedal. I did. And we didn't really get to talk about it last week, and I was wondering if you've spent any time with it. I have. And I would love to hear what your thoughts are. So you got a new Chicago Stompworks pedal. I did, man. I uh, I, I bought a Chicago Stompworks um, Civil War, they call it. Right, which Civil is a, War an reissue. era it's of the Big Muff. And I think it was like... I I did I bought it from Chicago, but I don't think it was at their store. I think I okay. got it from a secondhand guy. But let's just say it was like fifty bucks shipped or something yeah, like that. They're, they're so affordable. their prices are so affordable, especially under their secondhand stuff. Um, I like it a lot, man. It's um, are you using it on bass or guitar? I'm using it on guitar mostly okay. right yeah. now. I actually haven't tried it on bass yet, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Now I did notice the one downfall to it. Um, I would say at my home where I tried it, it was a little noisy. So when I clicked it oh, on, it had a little bit of like a squeal, like yeah. a wee. You know, that kind of mm-hmm. real high pitch. That's about the power, yeah. But I think that's my building, not the pedal itself. Because mm-hmm. when I tried it in my practice space, I didn't notice anything. Or if you like put that. a battery in it, I'm sure it would yes, be exactly. super easy. So I just plugged it into like our shitty wall socket. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, it's awesome. It's got, a, it's just the three knobs. So it's volume and I would guess what is like a blend. And then the, the center Usually one, the uh, Big Muff is volume, tone, sustain are the three the three knobs. And that's just like yeah. volume, tone, and fucking distortion. And what I do notice with the tone knob, which is the smaller one in the middle, yep. um, it's actually more of like a, like a mid-cut sort of thing. Like if you crank it, you lose like a lot of low end, a lot of mids. The, the biggest complaint with Big Muffs, which, which I agree with, and I've had so many of them, they almost all you 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 lose a lot of mids like right that's just part of the sound of the the big moth that being said i have found a sweet spot where if i leave it in the middle or just a little okay you know a little left of the middle sure um 11 it's o'clock a, or so yeah like a nice 11 to 12 o'clock area you know even turn it down a little more it's you can get a nice low end so i'm excited to try mm-hmm. it with bass just to see i'm all set with like bass fuzz pedals you've and been, stuff yeah you've been dialing but in there dude i saw the deal and i was kind of rage buying stuff a couple weeks ago yeah, well, and uh you know. so i just i just bought it i was like fuck it i just need to buy something and i i like it man for the price again chicago stomp works i don't know they're they're doing a, a nice budget boutique pedal I don't, I don't know what they use for parts. I don't know anything about the guys who work there. Mm-hmm. But I know I have two of their pedals now. The, I have the Gray Spec, which is an overdrive pedal yep. based on the, the OD250. And then the uh, obviously the the Civil War Muff. So I'm I'm really happy with it. It's a sleek pedal. There's no like labels on it. It's just a plain Dude, like, grayish green yeah. pedal. Um, Keeps the cost down. I did, I did fire it up at the Space a couple weeks ago. And we ran it through the Vox AC30 mm. with the Les Paul. And it was awesome. So... You know, it, it handles humbuckers Thick. really nicely. Yeah, I think a muff. I, don't, I kind of usually. It's weird. Yeah, I have a hard time with muffs, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, you don't I, really. I have the bass muff. That's yeah. I've owned so many. You name it. Yeah, and I've had a version of it. But I just yeah, I don't. I it's never. I, I had one on my board like early on in my touring days and mm-hmm. stuff, and I would only use it for like one song. And I, every time, I always felt like this. Even if I had it all the way up, it was like, where did all my where did all my volume yeah. go? And it's because the mids get scooped out. And yeah. I didn't know nothing about mids yet. I would have like thrown a an EQ pedal on with it or something like that, but I didn't know. Yeah, and I, I've I've messed with the um. We have a at our space. We just have a, like one of those big muffs, like the electro harmonics, like the cheaper ones. The though. The, the NYC or the black the one? silver one with the red writing on it. Or sure. The red, yeah, that's the one. NYC American. Yeah, it's muff. fine. Yeah. You know, I think it's again, fine. those are like sixty bucks. Yeah. I would say if it was between those two, I would absolutely get the Stompworks over that. You like the Civil War? I really do, man. Boom. I really do. So maybe it's just personal preference. Don't start a war over it. You like I'm the very Civil happy. War? Nope. We're good. I also got a new pedal. I've got a few of them. You did. Uh, still, I, let's just talk about the one for now because I feel like it might get confusing otherwise. <laughs> and I also went into a really deep uh, sort of explanation of this that I don't, I don't feel like getting into again for you. So I'm sorry, folks. But I did get 
You, you know, we like the Karma Sutra pedal, right? Yes, so much so that Dave bought his own and then gave it to Charlie. And, yep. Uh, I got the silicone version of that. So there is the, the pink is typically uh, the one that you see. It's the germanium, which is what harmonic percolator circuit typically is. Mm-hmm. They also released a silicone version. And I was just like, I always, silicone, silicone. I think it's silicone. Uh, I uh, had to have it yep. and um, wanted to compare. So um, I would say that, what are the differences, Dave? Sure. Well, a bit louder. A little more aggressive, which is kind of a kind of a funny. And you thing did to sit say down and A B both of them. Together. I have played them next to each other. Yes. I've also played them with other harmonic percolators. I haven't actually with the like original original, but the one that I play all the time that lives on my board. Copy, that's like the right? the Thermaniacs official version of it from the nineties. That I I just know that one the best. Yeah, I I was comparing as well, and so um yeah the, okay a bit louder more aggressive. These are typical things with silicon circuits. Um, I would say that it's better with humbuckers. Okay. Uh, I sometimes with the the pink one, if I'm like really hitting it with like my Les Paul or something, I, the pedal maybe can kind of like collapse in on itself a little bit. Mm-hmm. This one stands up to everything. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely it still sounds like a harmonic percolator. It's right. Like it's definitely, it doesn't change that much. Right. It's a different. It has a it has a different flavor, but it's definitely. In that, in that the same thing, world right? still. It's doing the thing. I would say the Germanium ones may be a little squishier mm-hmm. as well. Um, a little more responsive with single coils. That would be another thing I'd say there. Uh, and then the, here's the main thing that I've taken away from all this, though. Because I also then watched a video um, from Cattle and Bread when it came out. And it was like sort of comparing or even talking about the circuit. The guy who designed it, he was saying how, and I completely agree because I've been testing this out myself, that in general that circuit, the harmonic percolator circuit, tends to get along with a more distorted tube amp Mm. than a clean or a solid state amp. Sure, okay. It does a different thing, which I like, you know, but it really shines when you take an already like medium gain sound, we'll say, Mm -hmm. and then hit that with the the percolator and it just goes fucking bonkers. It does what it's supposed to do. I found that if you do use it into more of a clean sound, even a clean tube amp, it'll it can get bright. Yeah, it can get a little ice picky sometimes. Oof. Which you like? I like the clang. Like that's what I'm kind of there for okay. with the circuit. But it's almost a little too much. Where you like maybe have to turn down the treble on your amp. Which I don't. I don't want a pedal have to, to have to make me change my amp. I want to like be able to control it at the pedal. Were you able my to good amp dial sound. any of that out if you wanted to with the density knob or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. I know for for real. That's that's definitely the move. Um, but even like, I'm saying that even just generally with the harmonic percolator circuit because I also did get another harmonic percolator clone which we'll talk about next week <laughs> uh, and that doesn't have a density knob right that's yeah. just like a straight up just sort of clone of it with uh, you can knobs. switch the diodes in or out on a hard switch um, that one that one gets bright yeah. which which again I like but yeah. then when I've got the amp already kind of cooking I think that's just like my favorite sound so what you're saying is we better. are going to line all of these up at once and, and check them all out and do it on video I mean yeah. it, I feel like oh, that's this a is a thing that just like the world needs Yeah, I'm going to get them all probably going. not out there right if anyone would know it would be you bless you there are there are a handful of mostly not like um, very highly produced harmonic percolator videos. Not many with the original. Uh, you know, there are some comparisons because there's a lot of clones out there. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I feel like it's something the world could use on the internet. So yeah. that's that. Uh, what else did we talk about? Uh, I we're definitely not going to get nearly as deep into this as we did last time. But Walrus put out a cool new compressor pedal called the Myra or Mira. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing we like about that one, folks, is that it, it's got a blend knob, which I believe all compressors and, and frankly most pedals in general should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also has uh, this thing uh, that is super cool. I think specifically for you bass boys, and that uh, it has a high pass filter built with a side chain. So uh, that will allow you to prevent bass frequencies at 120 hertz or below from engaging the compressor as much as higher frequencies. So that's a big deal with compressors in general. It'll really clamp down and it'll kind of make everything else sound lifeless and weird. Mm -hmm. This sort of splits the difference without having to get you into like um, parametric or um, a multiband compression. So uh, that's that. Guess the price you already know, Dave. It's I two, forgot already. It's two forty nine. Oh, two forty nine. I just thought it was two ninety nine again. And then we also talked about uh, Ashdown put out a new amp uh, where they teamed up with two notes. Oh yeah, this is pretty cool. 
little bastard bass amp head uh basically it's a 30 watt head that is you know that's kind of kind of kind of wimpy a little bit for the bass thing but it's supposedly with the right cab it can keep up with 30 the 30 watt tube head yeah okay yeah that's still a little low it's still a little light amp, yeah. but the reason for that is that it's got two notes technology built in and they're known for being the best uh, and, and sort of one of the main innovators, I don't know if always necessarily the best now, but were the best at one point for sure of speaker simulator, uh, IR, cabinet, microphone, et cetera, technology. So yeah. basically the stuff that you'd want if you want to go direct to your recording interface or front of house, uh, that's built into the amp now. Which, which we talked about. It's a little outside of their wheelhouse as far as Ashdown goes. Right, because Ashdown is known as this like vintage kind of rock yeah, amp. Exactly. Like they're, even the way that they have designed their aesthetics mm-hmm. has always been sort of the like... British rock. Oh, little British rock yeah, and roll. Look at us, we like low-end bass Skiffle things. and whatnot. Uh, now they've got freaking... Uh, the IR is built in, yeah, uh, which includes so it's like a bunch of Ashdown's cabinets, uh, all the 810s, all down to the 115s, everything in between, but then also a bunch of different microphones, too. So you've got like U47s and SM57s, and the microphone you're talking into right now, the RE20. So it's like it's got all that kind of stuff, cool. and it has a D112, which you own. Um, so it's you can really sort of tailor the sound, you can still run it to a cabinet and get some monitoring, but then you can also get the best sort of like recorded mic sound you'd ever dang here yeah uh it is expensive i don't know if you remember the price uh i think we were said they were like two grand 17.99 yeah right up there uh, which is expensive but it's a tube amp and it's it's a it's a 30 watt tube amp but it does have this really expensive uh, wonderful technology built and again in. i mean we have more people just moving towards that that world you know one episode after another it's there's every always episode. something yeah, where it's, it's like how can we make the world sound better without having to stick a microphone in front of stuff yeah yeah uh cool 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 covering the stuff here's two new things there's two new pieces of gear that i did want to talk about before we go uh the first one dave i need to ask you a question all right I have you ever played the orange o bass not the bass amps but the orange bass i've never played one but i know of them yes they have like the split p style pickups right? correct so originally launched in 2015 See, that was going to be my next question. Ugh, not, I don't hate how they not look. Not a fan of how it's they look. sort of like a Les Paul bass, kind of a little kind bit. Kind of a Les Paul bass, kind of a P bass on acid yeah. mixed together. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Pe- they're popular uh-huh. because they're pretty affordable. Well, they've actually just now released in 2022 a makeover of the O-Bass oh, okay. to make it even better than before. So it's got uh, a lightweight African. I don't know how to say this wood. It's O-K-O-U-M-E. Okoumi. Okay. Wood. Uh, which I've now, in fact, quick side tangent, our good friend Dan Liu uh, just sent me a picture of a new guitar that he got. And is it he that got, wood? And it's made of that wood. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. Huh. Uh, it's a handmade uh, Eastman. It's like a single pickup Les Paul Jr. style. Oh, cool. Yeah, it, it looks wonderful. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, but it's it's got that wood. Um, and then, so you're, you, they can't call it a P pickup. They call it a custom mount split yeah. coil humbucker. Sure. It's a it's a P pickup. Uh, a purple heart fretboard, which is a fun, interesting wood that you'd see show up in like twenty thousand dollar bases. Back yeah, in you the would. Day. Yeah, super boutique stuff. Um, and uh, they've also redone the fretting, uh, the fretwork, which I guess that's a, uh, was maybe one of the complaints before. Mm-hmm. And then also a new neck um, that supposedly is a little more comfortable, just like design. a new shape to it. And of. and I and I bolded this from the press release because it made me chuckle. They said that quote funky octave swoops have never felt more natural all right i've never heard it i've heard of octave jumps i've never heard them called octave, octave swoops, swoops. Uh, neither have i so okay i'm gonna uh, use that black headstock yeah that's a that's a nice nice little feature uh it's bound i didn't know that i didn't before, know they were so bound, bound okay designed in the uk not made in the uk sure. of course uh so here's another interesting thing that i didn't realize that it's, so it's two finishes uh, the orange it comes with, they each come with two, what they call scratch plates, but we here call oh, pick cards. Pick cards, yeah. Uh, either comes with, this, the orange comes with white or black. Huh. And then the black finish comes with ivory or tort. Interesting. Which I think That's is a neat fun. little thing, yeah. Because you can really immediately make it a little bit more personal for yourself. That's kind of fun. I, I can never think of a company that's ever done that. Multiple pick cards or scratch plates in it. Skiffle. Uh, <laughs> the O-Base is available in the UK and in the USA right now. Mm-hmm. What do you think they cost? I think they're three ninety nine. Well, that's if you're uh, if pounds, you would have been right. But in uh, the USA, the street price in dollars is five forty nine. Okay, cool. Which I still think is not a bad price for an you know import yeah. instrument like that. Um, I I haven't played them either, but I don't think they're as ugly as you do. Yeah, I just you know I'm, I'm a classic guy. You're a classic but, kind um, of guy. 
if you were looking for a bass in that like four to five five fifty range, what would you be looking at? Man, I mean a brand new though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Where Uh, else would you look? You know, it's tough. Is it Squire at that point? Well, it is probably because some of the new Squire stuff is fantastic Mm -hmm. and the prices are outrageous. But yeah, I mean, or maybe I would just go off the wall and get something really something weird like that, or like a. Uh, oh, what's the um, oh, Sire they make those sort of like, cool. I don't know if they might be a little bit more expensive than that yeah I think they're a little bit more but um, does Lakeland make one that question. cheap or how no. cheap are the Skylines they're like 800 oh, okay yeah yeah they're up there maybe you know again in used market you can find them for sure six, I'm talking seven. just new prices no, I'm sure, those, I'm tough, sure old bases you can find those are pretty cheap I would imagine uh, oh you, the used you, yeah yeah you can find them around 300 I think so no they're cool um, I'm glad that like it's interesting when you see an amp company which I can't remember the last time maybe Ampeg stuff the an Dan amp Armstrong, company sure. made a guitar or a bass for that matter. So uh, a little company called Fender. Oh yeah. But I mean they're not an amp I'm company. I'm just joking. That's how they started, bud. Oh, you're kind of right. Shit. I'm just but I mean of course I'm being facetious. Who I'm trying to think yeah, who who is just an amp company? Yeah, I mean Ampeg is the Vo- only Vox one that Vox did it, I guess. Oh, the Vox guitars. Yeah. That that'd be a good example, I think. But that was a long time ago. Yeah. Mar- it'll be like a Marshall guitar. Right, like if Marshall, which they must have done at some point, you would think. Yeah, and and not like if they teamed up with someone, it would have to be like from their factory. Right, yeah, it's not just like a a Gibby with a little Marshall yeah, stamp Marshall on there. On it. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I'd play one for sure, man. If we want to go to Guitar Center later, maybe throw like out. some weird uh, weird strings or something on there. Maybe some rainbow strings. That'd be fun. Maybe some tape woundies. Ooh, you know, I, God, you know, I want some with tape I need, I need a set, man. Wow. I ran out of bases. Last thing we're going to talk about here because my face is actually really starting to hurt. <laughs> uh, Pigtronics always makes in my opinion, really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. They are always pushing the future gear. And this is a new pedal that they just, I think they just put out. They've got two pedals that sort of, sort of look like they're in the same series, and I hadn't heard of either of them. So they might not be new, but they're new to me, and so they're going to be new to you and us, sure. and, uh, the listeners. Uh, it is called the Glomer, G-L-O-A-M-E-R. And it's actually funny that I just thought to bring up uh, our good buddy Dan Liu because I feel like this pedal is 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 a high high on the list of candidates for like what I would call Dan Liu pedals because mm-hmm. he either loves extreme chorus, which this is not, or he he loves and I and I've grown to really like this too, like infinite sustain from ext- completely clean amps. Ah, interesting. And so this pedal can kind of do that in some ways what it is it's it does a couple things but it's in my opinion are you familiar with the boss slow gear pedal Mm -hmm. so it was effectively like a swell effect that came out in the 80s and it's a really cool thing it does kind of you can control how much it's it how how long it takes for the note to to filter in and then kind of like balance that with your clean sound this takes that concept and really sort of blows it up so um it does it has controls for attack. It has controls for a decay. It also has a compressor built in, and then it has two switches. So you can turn that pedal on and off, or you can turn the the, the decay functionality on and off. Cool. Uh, it, it it really allows you to do it's it's fully monof- or it's fully polyphonic, so it's not just single notes. You can do like full chord swells and all that sort nice. of stuff, and you can control again. Stuff that you couldn't really before. The not only just how long it takes for the note to swell in, but then you can also blend in your clean sound. You know, I love a good blend knob. Mm-hmm. It also has a built-in compressor, so that allows you. What what in my experience with this type of circuit, it's almost impossible to get it sounding loud enough. Like you're always going to feel a little quiet. Gotcha. Which is partially psychosomatic, but I think partially because it's of just this inherently that's how circuit right this has a compressor built in to sort of control a lot of that and and it sounds so, so it lets good. you just kind of open it up you then, can do so. these like total violin cello cool. swell things yeah, yeah. that are like you just can't normally get out of a guitar um it also has a side chain with an input for that and that allows you to do this crazy tremolo as well so not only is it just this synthy swell sort of deal but also you can do like a really amazing tremolo pedal with this thing too. And then it has a second switch and that's the decay. And that it opens up, the de- that is connected to the decay knob. And that now, instead of just how how you're swelling into notes, and now it's it's telling how you're coming out of the notes. And okay. that gets really interesting, that's especially when, you funky, when you're balancing in your, your clean, just like standard unaffected guitar signal. Right. I, dude, I like, I was blown away by the demo. It's like, it's one of those pedals where it's like, you know, 
it's sort of different than anything else you have. And maybe you don't have like a specific need for it, but you know that once you get it, you would you'd find something. A lot. Yeah. You'd find something in there. Yeah. The last thing I'll mention about it is that it has a sidechain input. Okay. So not only can you just like do that sort of tremolo thing and control it from the pedal, you can also have an external control source come in and then control the effect that way. So you can nice. get really locked in with say, you've got like a drum machine or your yeah. drummer is running to MIDI or whatever, however you've, you've got it set up. You can, or a synthesizer, you're running it with a synth. It'll, you know, it, no there's a lot of ways that you can integrate it into just like a full band setup or even a, a complicated solo setup that isn't, I, I've never seen, you very rarely do you see a side chain input on any guitar pedal. Yeah, exactly. Um, it is super cool looking as well. I've got to say the case looks like it's made out of like some sort of fun aluminum and it's just like the design it's a larger is a nail. Right? It's, um, I would say it's like, like a double pedal, mm-hmm. you know, okay. not huge, but yeah. not like Strymon, uh, full big boy Strymon, but like, it's like a, you know, two boss pedals next to each other. Nice. So, um, and I really want one. They also, I haven't dug into it yet, but they also in that sort of same form factor make a fuzz pedal that looks like it has a lot of fun functionality Ooh. and crazy stuff about it that I'm going to also look at. Because uh, did they release these at the same time? I, it, I think they, I only, I don't even know how I came across the Glomer. And then I only found out about this fuzz when I went to their site to look at the Glomer yeah. um, because there just isn't much available in, information available yet. But yeah, I'm not sure I've got, I don't, I don't feel like I'm that dialed in with Pigtronics these days. I know they came out with that, like, looper not that long ago and an update on i haven't heard much about them recently yeah so this is the the first new stuff i've seen that's cool um all that stuff aside uh and explained here is the part where i ask you dave yeah what do you think it costs um their stuff's not cheap yeah right you know so i'm gonna say i 250 i think for that. 279 all right i like it which means wait a couple years can use my, used, find it for my 10 percent off code or something or sell something on sweetwater and then you uh Ooh, you can get that shit right there that's right uh i dude i want one i i i say that about a lot of stuff that yeah. we cover on this show but and i've been buying too many pedals lately anyways but man it's 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 different than what anything you have though i love different yeah you know i love different because you'll use it because I because like I want to see how I want to push some harmonic boundaries. percolators. Can you really have well, well right now? It's a lot of them, but it's that's that's. Yeah, you know what, Dave? Come on, <laughs> low all, blow. All of them, dude. You know I'm in a you know I'm in you know I'm in a uh, sensitive spot right now. The answer is all of them. The answer is sure. all. Uh, that's it, folks. Wow, that, we did it. We did it. We we recapped last week. We sprinkled a bunch of new stuff in, especially thanks to Dave. I think we had some new hot da- fresh da- takes da- on stuff too. So. I think we did. Yeah, yeah, we found we found a new perspective, and we did it without um me losing the cap on my tooth. So. If you made it this far, thank you, Dave. I love you. I love you too, I love buddy. doing this with you. And folks, if you made it this far with us, we love you. And why don't you go make some music? All right.